evening, everyone. I'll call the Peter um, Town Council regular meeting of December 12th to order at 5 o'clock. Uh, we have the agenda in front of us. I understand there are a couple of additions. And Mrs. Miller, CAO. Um, yes, thank you, Your Worship. If we could add under new business number nine, um, discussion on the council communication package. And also an addition to closed session. Um, addition that would be number two, and it's personnel under FOIA section 17. Okay, thank you. Any deletions? Someone care to move the adoption of the agenda as amended? Um, Deputy Mayor Ford? Okay, he's moved out. All in favor? It is carried. Thank you. Uh, we have the minutes of the November 28th meeting, so you've had a chance to review those. Any edits that come to mind? Otherwise, I'll ask for a councillor to move the adoption of the November 28th regular council meeting minutes. Councillor Shannon, thank you. All those in favor? It is carried. Um, public hearings, we don't seem to have any. Ah, so here's a good one. We're on to presentations, RCMP presentation of the quarterly statistics. Welcome. Good evening, Your Worship and Council. Thanks very much for seeing me. Uh, so what brings me here uh, today is the presentation of the quarter two uh, statistics. Quarter two, we're talking uh, July, August, and September of this year. So this is a bit of a late snapshot and uh, hoping that with quarter three, uh, just the way everything falls, we'll have statistics and reports and everything uh, a little bit more timely, just so we're not looking back on the summer. Um, so what I'd like to present on, and I hope everyone's had the package and opportunity to review, uh, is the crime statistics and uh, a little bit of what the detachment's been up to over the summer months. Uh, we will just go through the statistics and then I'll kind of provide some supplementary commentary on that. So what we were looking at, when we take a look at the statistics that were provided is a snapshot of quarter two only. So a year by year comparison from 2018 onwards to 2022. Uh, with respect uh, to uh, just that, that uh, three-month time period from July, August, and September. So what we did see is an uptick in uh, assaults that were reported, and then also uh, a rather substantial increase in break and enters and thefts under $5,000 as well as mischief. Now, usually the summer months bring this. This isn't entirely unusual, but as you can see from year to year, uh, we saw a little bit of a lull, uh, notably during the pandemic years. And of course, uh, now with people out and about and moving again, uh, there was a lot of activity in the downtown core of Peace River, and that's where we're seeing a lot of these breaking enters and mischiefs and vandalism uh, acts kind of centralized. Uh, then if we move on to page two, what you can also appreciate is our mental health calls uh, for service within the municipality have gone up a substantial amount as well to an all-time high, 57 calls in this quarter. Um, so, what I can speak to a little bit about that is, uh, first off, is in, in June, we, we noticed there was an upward trend in terms of uh, downtown occurrences, and that was uh, in reported assaults, uh, break and enters, and vandalism, and what have you. Uh, what we do is we hold a monthly data to action meeting uh, in which analysts from Edmonton provide us information, right, and we're able to take a look at it and kind of see where the trends are and try and get ahead of it if, if at all possible and establish responses that are kind of outside the box. 
So what I'd like to present to Council on today is a little bit of what we've been doing to address those trends. Uh, it's been obviously pretty palpable. Uh, members of the business community have felt it, right? They've been commenting on it, and we've had a couple of meetings uh, already to discuss that. So from an enforcement perspective, uh, what we're seeing is uh, over the last month, We've increased our patrols over in the downtown uh, Peace River uh, core as well. Uh, so we have 56 patrols that are above and beyond where uh, members are just driving through downtown. This is taking some time to actually go uh, make patrols in the back alleys. Uh, you know, take a look at some of the less traveled areas where you know perhaps there's not enough lighting, making sure businesses are secure and that sort of thing. So that's above and beyond our, our normal presence in the area. Uh, in the last month, we've also done 33 business checks in the downtown Peace River core area, in addition to our business check program. Uh, so what that is, is usually where we see an impact in crime, right? We try and deploy our officers to actually check businesses to get out of the police vehicle, more so than a patrol. Check the windows, check the doors, make sure there's a uh, secure and leave a business card there, uh, indicating the date and time that the, the member made the patrol. So that way, when the owner comes in the morning, they know that we are present, we had checked on their business. If we find it insecure, which happens on occasion, right? Well, we're doing everything that we possibly can to try and get in touch with a key holder after hours uh, to make that connection and get them to come out to their, their property. Um, not so much in the downtown area, but certainly in the industrial parks and what have you, we have seen a lot of instances where uh, that's been an issue, right? Uh, you, you'll check a location, right? And employees left the door insecure, right, when they leave. And the challenge that we have is oftentimes getting in touch with the business owner after hours to get them to come down and secure the property. So, uh, you'll see that there uh, was a bit of an uptick in theft of motor vehicles, but it isn't at an all-time time. It's pretty consistent. Uh, we've also done lock or lose it campaigns over the last couple months, which saw our members out with the members of our RCMP community advisory committee in the community in parking lots, doing education with uh, members of the community, uh, reminding people to remove their valuables uh, from site, not leaving keys in the vehicle. Uh, and handing out pamphlets and doing education as far as that goes as well. So we're trying to address it from a, an education component as much as an enforcement. What I can tell you about some other things that have been happening in the community is uh, this uh, summer we had a uh, investigation into a uh, drug trafficking issue in our area. Uh, drug trafficking investigations are actually quite complex and take a lot of time and resources uh, you know, invested in it to really bring to resolution. Uh, in the first quarter, we had one that uh, was conducted with our GI unit. Now, our GIS unit is comprised of two people. It's uh, a municipal, municipally funded uh, individual, right, and one from the provincial side, and they form our, our point close investigation team. And they're assigned to investigations that uh, take a little bit more time above and beyond what your regular patrol officer would have in terms of experience and time to dedicate to an investigation of that nature. So we were able to wrap this one up. Although it was actually located in the county of Northern Lights, uh, I mean, the fallout from uh, you know the, the supply that was provided is regional and would impact everywhere, including the town of Peace River. So uh, from that, uh, we brought, brought to resolution in July, uh, which uh, included an execution of a search warrant, uh, seized 55 grams of cocaine, 20 grams of methamphetamine, 233 pills of suspected MDMA, uh, 456 grams of psilocybin, which is mushroom, uh, 8.7 kilograms of marijuana, uh, various quantities of LSD, over $61,000 in Canadian currency, which would have all been proceeds from that crime, from the trafficking, over 75,000 contraband cigarettes, and a conductive energy weapon, so namely a taser. Uh, so as a result of that, an individual, 26-year-old from, uh, from the region, was uh, charged with numerous offenses, and those remain before the courts at this time. So when we talk about regional mental health issues, right, oftentimes 
uh, we find, at least from the clientele that we provide service to, right, is that it's a lot more complex than just mental health, right? There's uh, oftentimes underlying uh, uh, addictions issues as well, right? So while we're doing what we can uh, through our members actually sitting on boards and committees and providing uh, letters of support to uh, some of the agencies that are providing service to, to those people in need, we're also, uh, you know, dealing with it from an enforcement perspective. Thing. Uh, the summer kept us really busy. It was the first summer, as you know, since uh, you know several years of pandemic lockdown, and uh, it seemed like every every weekday and every weekend there was some sort of event, right? Uh, that either required uh, you know a police presence from an enforcement or security perspective, or we were invited out in a ceremonial a ceremonial capacity to be present. So that was pretty taxing, uh, and we were <laughs> we were pretty tired following the summer there. But some of the things that we went out uh, to were. Uh, North Beach Stampede, uh, 55 plus summer games, we were present for uh, components of that, opening ceremonies as well. Uh, wellness days in Cadal Lake and Little Buffalo, uh, treaty pay events in Cadal Lake and Duncan's First Nation, uh, Bike Rodeos, our community liaison officer, which is a position that's uh, funded uh, in partnership with Northern Rice, uh, Sunrise County in the town of Peace River. Uh, about a dozen of those were put on throughout the region uh, to enhance our road safety and keep our kids safe while they're out on the roads. Well, we participated in Miracle Treat Day at Dairy Queen to raise money for the Children's Hospital and Charities. Uh, and at the beginning of each uh, school year, our community liaison officer goes and liaises with each regional school uh, to make sure our safe plans are up to date in the event of uh, a threat to one of our regional schools, right? Uh, and then this last quarter, of course, we had uh, an incident out of the Grimshaw Shared Facility that we responded to and the safe plans and the work that were done between the CLO and our, uh, the administration of the schools helped us respond to that uh, that particular incident. So. Um, and then we're represented on a variety of committees in the community, including our VS, uh, Victim Services Unit, the RCMP Community Advisor Group, all of which are contributing to some of the solutions for uh, some of the crime that we're seeing downtown. Um, and I'll just speak to that while we're on the topic. Uh, so in addition to the enhanced patrols and the enhanced business checks that we're doing, our RCMP Community Advisory uh, Committee has also done a SEPTED, which is Crime Prevention Through Environmental Design Survey, uh, of the downtown Peace River area. And uh, that, in conjunction with our uh, working with uh, Councillor Wojciech and the Mental Health Task Force, uh, we're looking at a couple different angles to kind of address some of the, uh, some of the challenges that the business community has been facing over the summer. We uh, have been working, had a couple meetings, uh, one just uh, today with Councilor Ford and Councilor Boychuk present, and we're planning on uh, you know, uh, having a meeting with the business community to address some of the crime trends that we saw this summer uh, in, the, in the new year in February. Uh, barring any questions, that'll be my report to Council. Well, you can talk fast. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have uh, one question to start us off with. Um, you mentioned in some of the notes that um, uh, two clients who have agreed to be onboarded to the Integrated Offender Management Program. Can you just expand on what that means? You betcha. So the Integrated Offender Management Program is one that is, uh, and slow me down if I go to um, is one that started uh, by the RCMP in conjunction with the provincial government. So the idea being is that we take two of our property crime offenders or our offenders as a whole who are seen going through the criminal justice system who we recognize, uh, you know, need something different, right, to support them in order to potentially break the cycle, right, of, of criminality and reduce uh, recidivism. So what we identified was uh, two people who were incarcerated at Peace River Correctional Center 
who were causing our community the most amount of harm. And we didn't just pick these, uh, you know, uh, people out of the air. Uh, basically, we have analyst reports that provide us with information in terms of uh, who is engaging in the most criminality in our region, right? What is the impact to the community, right? And then uh, from our top uh, 25 individuals, uh, we picked two that we thought would be receptive to the pitch for this program. So our members went and uh, met with them at uh, the Correctional Center and uh, did the pitch for the program and said, hey, listen, obviously this isn't working for you, right? We're seeing this repeat cycle of criminality. What can we do? Like, what are your needs outside of this that we can try and, uh, you know, collaborate with some of the stakeholders around the table, not just the police, right? But, uh, you know, whether it be addictions or mental health services or what have you, right, to try and break the cycle. Um, so two of the people that we pitched were interested and, uh, and wanted more information. And so then we did a number of interviews with them. And then um, the province organized monthly meetings with our regional stakeholders, right, where we present, hey, here are the two candidates that we figure would be good, good for them. We've done some onboarding interviews and whatnot. Uh, we've discussed what the program is to them. Here's what they're telling us uh, they need in terms of supports, right, whether it be addictions uh, or mental health treatment or what have you, uh, or even job security. Uh, and then as a group, we sit around the table uh, at a monthly meeting and decide, uh, you know, which stakeholder at the table has the ability to provide that service to this individual to try and break that cycle. Uh, so we started that uh, in quarter one, uh, got those two individuals onboarded, and, uh, and we're continuing that with monthly meetings and, uh, and trying to support them as best possible. Of the two that we onboarded, uh, one remains in custody, so this program kind of kicks in after they're released, obviously. <coughs> Another one has been released, right? And uh, as far as we can tell, uh, there, there has been recidivism there and there hasn't been a return to criminality. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to extend, extend the supports in every way possible so that we're not just dealing with the same people, the same problems from an enforcement angle. We're trying to think a little bit outside the box and say, okay, how can we meet the needs of these individuals in the community to prevent them from coming back to crimes? So if the person like needs a job, if that's one of their, what comes up, do you kind of try to facilitate that? You betcha. So that, of course, so the police act is, I guess, the context for this individual. So we're essentially the face of the program in a sense. Um, so we're responsible for maintaining that relationship. And if there is a return to criminality, say a breach of conditions uh, following the release, et cetera, we lay the charge, right? So the idea being we hold them accountable. There are problems like that, right? And this individual in particular did say, you know, stable employment was something that they uh, were needing, right? So then at the meeting, we, we connect them with the, the support people that would uh, be most helpful, namely Alberta Works, what have you. So we provide the information, we get consent for release of their personal information, provide that along to our community partner of the dead are tasked with reaching out and providing that service. So, just a lot of hope involved, I'm thinking. For sure, you bet. And, and you know what, it's not a short, it's, it's a long-term project, right? Uh, the result of that for two, uh, many people in the community that, you know, are, are in that cycle, um, you know, we're not gonna see the results of that necessarily immediately. It's a longer-term hope and aspiration, but we've seen success in other areas of the province where the RCMP have been involved in that, and so we're hoping to see the same success here. Well, I think we've seen reports where uh, one situation has led to, I don't know, 30 charges or something like that. So think of how many uh, people, places, businesses are affected by 30 charges. If you can eliminate that, <laughs> it's a major that's the hope for sure. And uh, you know, for a lot of our clientele, um, 
I mean, I mean, we really have a, a small number of people that are causing the community a lot of harm, right? And so if we're able, even if it's just a small amount of time, to really help meet their needs a little bit, uh, you know, maybe we don't see a complete return to criminality, and, and over time we're able to kind of divert them, is the hope. Councillors, do you have questions? Councillor Shannon? <clears throat> For the people that are in the, or the individuals that are in the, the program, are, are they, um, yeah, like, can you tell me what kind of demographic they are? 100%. They so uh, one is 19, uh, the other one is in his 50s. So it was a wide range and really, before we did the pitch, uh, we really considered, okay, who would be receptive to this? Uh, and just based off our knowledge of them and, and uh, who would be willing to participate in the program. So uh, while we've had success with one, uh, we're not sure where the other one's going to go, right? It's difficult to tell, really, right? Um, and it's also difficult to know what their ambition is in terms of participating in the program, right? Uh, are, you, are you hoping for early release, right? You know, what is what is your end goal? And we don't really find that out until after, I suppose, right? Any other questions? Councillor Boychuk, Councillor Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Can you speak on how the archive team is, is helping or, or around that? Absolutely, no. I don't have uh, their numbers and they, they keep very, very uh, good statistics, so we could certainly invite them to the next council meeting and have them speak. Uh, but our RPAC team, which has been up and running since last uh, April, I want to say, or March, uh, is comprised of uh, a mental health nurse and one of our, our regular members. So they help respond uh, to mental health calls for service that we have here in the community. But their coverage area is, is pretty pretty vast, right? They go down to Valley View, uh, they go up to uh, Manning, to the Red Earth Creek area, and, and beyond, right? So they are available. Um, Tuesday through Friday for extended hours, 12 hour shifts, I believe, uh, for our members to rely on. Uh, so they'll come out to, uh, you know, fresh calls uh, for service with us, and if there is a transport to Grand Prairie that's required uh, and they're present, they'll they'll do that transport if it's a Form 10 apprehension under the Mental Health Act. So it's certainly being uh, assistance to us, right? And on top of that, some of our regular clients, right, they develop a relationship with and rapport, uh, you know, above and beyond uh, just the you know, interactions with the police, because we, they do have a nurse on staff as well, right? Um, and it provides uh, it provides us with uh, better means of assessing people that we're dealing with. I mean, police officers aren't you know experts in the, in the, the field of mental health, right? Uh, we are often relied on, right? Uh, because once everything else has failed, right, we're the we're the last service that's here around the clock, twenty four seven, for people to call. Uh, so we end up providing that service. Uh, but we're not experts, so we're glad to have the expertise on staff. That's for sure. And was that a one-year or a three-year project, or do we know? Uh, so it's ongoing, I believe, right? So I believe uh, it's a, a three-year term, but uh, I don't it, like it's not a pilot project. It's. Thank you, Councillor Scannerhorn. We had a conference in the fall. There was some communities concerned with changes to victim services and how that was rolling out. Is is that something that's uh, that you guys are finding is going to kind of hamper the? current level of, let's say, for want of a better phrase, the current level of service? Well, I think it would probably best have uh, the Victim Services Coordinator to present uh, Council on the proposed changes, because I just know of them third hand. Uh, but uh, certainly, from what I understand, there's talk about uh, centralization uh, of both uh, the boards that operate, that govern the Victim Services Unit and, uh, and the personnel. So what that looks like hasn't really been shared with me personally, and I don't know. Uh, but uh, right now we enjoy a police-based victim services unit right here on the detachment of the three full-time 
personnel and then volunteers that supplement them. Uh, and our victim services unit is invaluable to us on so many different levels. Uh, you know, I'll just give you one example. We had uh, an unfortunate uh, drowning of an individual in our area and the search that followed for us to, to do recovery took uh, three to four days uh, with family on site, right? And uh, trying to manage all of that uh, with limited resources is challenging. And so, uh, you know, victim services, although uh, not directly in their mandate, uh, you know, were able to come out and help support us and help support the family in that instance, right? And, and, and that kind of support is invaluable to us. And we, we depend on it to do our job. So if there's a change in that service, uh, you know, I'd have to I'd have to know what that looks like to speak intelligibly on it, but uh, I would I would hope for not. We we've over over many years, uh, as long as I've been here, enjoyed a fantastic relationship with our local unit. I'd hate to see that change. Thank you. Other counselors. Okay, well I'll ask a money question. Um, I understand I'm looking at page eight of nine on the report, uh, the financial aspect to things. Um, it mentions that commissioner guarding costs in, may include other non-pooled expenses, et cetera, et cetera. So those could be in additional to uh, what uh, we're paying right now. They could be an add-on. Is that the way I should read that? Right. So. Right now, there are a couple expenses that are pooled, and when it's uh, when it refers to pooled, it means shared by other municipalities and what have you. Uh, so, for example, uh, you know, if there was a collision involving a police vehicle, uh, that doesn't necessarily impact any one community directly, right? As you know, a fifty thousand dollar expense to replace a vehicle, uh, it's pooled between all the communities, so that you know that cost remains a little bit more manageable. So, when they talk about commissioner guarding. Uh, essentially, when we have a prisoner, we're required to provide guarding services to them, and uh, so we contract the Corps of Commissioners to provide staff, right, to do that. Now, most recently, we switched to a full-time staffing model, whereas before it was call-up. So if you were a guard, uh, and many of our guards are, you know, taking this on as a retirement job kind of thing, you were being called, uh, you know, around the clock, potentially, to, hey, come in, we have a prisoner. Uh, what we saw and what I kind of reported on uh, last quarter is that uh, that affected our retention ability and we were seeing other detachments that were, you know, had moved away from a call-out list to a full-time guarding schedule, right, uh, you know, retain some of our personnel, which obviously was not advantageous to us because when we bring in a prisoner, right, um, if we're not able to find a guard, then that's a, a uniformed member of the RCMP providing that guard service, which of course gets a lot more costly, right? Uh, so with respect to this, um, like costs directly related to uh, you know uh, dry cleaning of the bed sheets and that sort of thing, and uh, meals aren't necessarily pooled, and so there's that's related to municipal costs. If that makes sense. Okay. Any uh, further comments or questions for Staff Sergeant? Looks like you, you answered all our questions, which is very good. <laughs> so thank you for coming, and uh, we'll look forward to the next uh, quarter three report, I guess. And uh, we know that we can always uh, reach you by phone, which is very nice to uh, be able to do, so thank you for that as well. And uh, please uh, convey our best wishes for Happy New Year to all your staff, and hopefully it's a calm change of years. So.
I hope so. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much. I expect to see you in January for the quarter three reports. Uh, myself and uh, Mrs. Miller have already met and connected, so we've had a meeting already, and we've been in a couple meetings together. So uh, look forward to developing that relationship. Happy New Year, everyone. Merry Christmas, and uh, see you in January. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, our next uh, item is bylaws. Apparently we have none to deal with. Unfinished business, none as well. Now we're on to new business, the business survey grant results. And um, just looking here to see who's gonna. Miss um, Modi, manager of planning and development, is leading us through this. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Yes, I'm here to speak on the results of our business grant survey. So just a reminder to Council about where we've come from in this process. So on October 3rd, Council directed admin to undertake a business grant survey to understand the interest in the town developing business grants to support and incentivize reinvestment in the town, our commercial building stock, and the built environment. Uh, we did do that survey. Uh, it was released on October 19th and closed on November 8th. We presented seven different grant categories for feedback and also asked the survey uh, respondents to provide us ideas for other grant uh, categories if we had missed the mark. Uh, the goal of the categories that we did present was to try and address some of those challenges and opportunities that we see facing the town, including having a number of buildings that don't meet accessibility standards, the presence of derelict buildings, the increasing popularity of patios, and infrastructure efficiency opportunities that will be created by infill development and maintaining our existing building stock. So we did have the survey live, as I said, from October 19th to November 8th. It was hosted on the town's website and advertised through our social media, so it was available to the community as a whole, but we did target the business community for responses. So we also did an information mail out that went directly to business utility accounts and our business license holders in town. In terms of the responses, uh, we had 90 responses, uh, so that's people who started the survey. Um, in terms of the click-throughs through to the end of the survey, um, our substantive question towards the end of the survey had 55 responses, um, which uh, it may or may not be a coincidence, but 55 of the respondents uh, in of the uh, survey were people who own or operate businesses in the town. Three quarters of those were people who own or operate a business in the downtown of Peace River. 33 of the respondents own commercial buildings in town, and three quarters of those respondents also own those buildings in the downtown. So definitely the, the survey responses were coming largely from people who have a stake in the downtown of Peace River. Yes? One question. Is the 33 who own the building part of the 55 or are they part of the 90? They may or may not overlap those categories. So we asked people, do you own and operate a business? Yes or no? There's a couple other options. Um, and then a follow-up question was, are you a building owner? So a little bit different. And the answer could be yes or no there. So you could have answered, yes, I own and operate a business. And yes, I own a commercial building or no. That, just that could be an interesting metric to, yeah. to know what the answer is. That could be an interesting metric to know because it'd be different if you had 85 responses. 
potentially or 55. And it's no criticism in 2020 hindsight, but um, just pointing that out. Um, of the response, or we asked them some questions about uh, interest in the grant and interest in t undertaking improvements with their buildings. Uh, so 17 of the respondents indicated an intention to undertake improvements within the next three years. We asked how much they expected those improvements to cost, and the costs that they provided were ranging from $5,000 to $700,000. Uh, 22 of the respondents indicated that business grants would incentivize improvements. Uh, the top four categories that we, oh sorry, we did also have additional uh, grant categories suggested, something someone termed a development grant, um, the uh, development tax grant, the description of what they thought the idea was, um, it was quite long and I need to connect with corporate services to understand if it would be feasible or not. I suspect it might be outside of our powers based on uh, rules around uh, taxation. Um, and then also marketing and an advertising grant. Of the categories that we presented, um, the top four categories are fairly consistent. So I did separate this out depending on type of respondents. So there might be some overlap here. Um, well, there, there is absolute overlap here, uh, but also just to kind of break it out in terms of who's responding. So for all respondents, the top uh, choice was the business revitalization grant, followed by the tourism enhancement grant, facade improvement grant, and the barrier free grant. That was consistent with, if you just separated out the business owner operator responses for this question. Uh, for the commercial building owners, it switched a little bit. Uh, facade improvement went up and tourism enhancement went down. So I guess that makes sense if you're thinking from the perspective of someone who owns the physical uh, building. And then if you separated out the people who are indicated they were either residents of the town of Peace River or home-based business operators, then the categories were slightly different and the residential infill grant made it into the top four and the tourism enhancement grant uh, dropped off. Some other general themes that we've seen in the comments include uh, generally there was a strong segment of the respondents who support and appreciate the idea of a business grant or grants. Um, on the flip side, we definitely had comments that suggested that we should be focusing on lowering taxes rather than on grant programs, and some others who suggested that it was not the town's role to subsidize the select number of businesses. Um, in terms of next steps, so we have put the, this program into the 2023 budget with a line item of $50,000 at this point. Um, if the budget is approved, then we'll begin working on the, uh, the different individual grant uh, programs or categories to have those ready to go um, and have a, a create the process for people to apply and for us to, to hand out those grants. Uh, what we would hope from Council this evening is an indication that you're supportive of the general results of the grant in terms of which grants rose to the top and that those would be the ones that administration should work on developing if and when that piece of the budget makes it through the approval process. So that's what we're hoping from you tonight. I can ask or answer any questions that you have. I guess I'll just take one final moment to highlight that um, moving forward with this project does hit a number of your different strategic plan priorities. So this is working towards the vision that council has set out for itself. Thank you. Councillors, questions, Deputy Mayor Ford. 
as we've heard from uh, some previous reports, like all the crime that we're having in the downtown core, and at a meeting that we had earlier today, as well as a few weeks ago with the uh, with our crime prevention initiative, like some of these businesses are getting their windows broken. Like a window could cost what maybe three dollars, three thousand dollars a pane. A window, I've, I've heard, where some of these businesses have had their windows broken like a couple of times already. So talking about the, and I know CAO Miller had brought this up at one of our meetings. So talking about this grant, if let's say a business owner downtown wanted to put like those steel roll shutters up to cover their windows to help prevent some of that damage and or some type of security system with, with high definition cameras, can that be tied to this grant? So with the grant categories that we presented, we didn't have a specific SEPTED grant, uh, but the business revitalization grant is the, I would say the broadest category of grants. So given the, the um, interest and the issues that we are facing related to crime prevention, uh, it's certainly feasible to incorporate SEPTED principles into the grant, that grant category and make that one of the ways in which a business could access the business revitalization grant. So definitely within the, the realm of possibility. And those values would be based on like uh, up to a certain dollar value and or how would, how would that work? Ultimately, the details of each grant program, we would need to develop and bring those forward to council uh, in the future. But certainly with where we're at today, I think that we're thinking it's a 50-50 matching up to a certain maximum for each individual grant. So it would depend on the ultimately the budget that ends up being approved. Want to maximize the benefit, but also make sure that we're being realistic in terms of supporting individual projects. Okay, thank you. Um, Councillor Boychuk. Thanks, Madam Mayor. So with only 10% of the businesses responding, how confident are you that this is a good representation of what our community businesses want? There's always a risk when it comes to surveys. If you're not you know, going out and specifically gathering, um, then I think you know, we, we do the best with the information that we're given. And I think this is, certainly I think there's an indication that you will have members of the community business members of the community who will take advantage of a program. There'll be some that it's not relevant for and, and therefore the, their, their needs are being met in other ways. But I think that we could confidently say that this meets some people's needs and could provide some value to the town, whether it's representative of the business community as a whole. I don't think, we didn't do a statistically significant survey, so we, we can't guarantee. Thank you. Other questions, Councillor Good. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that you know that's one of the concerns that I have with the survey is the the, the data pools. But the other part is the um, the focus on businesses rather than the population. I mean, if you ask, um, if you said I'm going to do a survey of um, parents of school-aged children, would they like to have parks and pools and recreation? The answer is going to be really, really high. If you asked another group of individuals targeted at them and you asked them the same question, you're going to get just quite a different number. So I think that without that my discomfort is not with anything that's in here. It's with the lack of the data in a couple of areas. One, the number of businesses, um, and two, the the, the 
public component or the larger input, is this where, for example, the public would like to see their dollars? I mean, to some extent, they vote in terms of recreation by, by, what, they, by, by what people do. Um, but in a, lot of, in a lot of cases, we're not surveying the, the public. Is this a priority for them? That that's where they would want their investment to go, et cetera. We did, for example, at the open house, we had that democracy thing. So at least we got it, and even that's not statistically significant for a couple of reasons. One, because I can put eight dots on my own, because I didn't care about anything. Now the one item I put my eight dots on looks like, holy cow, a lot of people like that, but it's only one person with eight dots, right? So I think we have to be really careful. I'm just, I'm just asking for maybe a bit more detail on the, the metrics we're using for the decision prior to making a decision to allocate resources. That's speculating about it. For sure, and I would just say that the survey wasn't intended to gauge the community as a whole, whether or not they were pro or anti-business survey. It was for the business community, will you, do you find value in this? What categories make the most sense for you from the business community's perspective? So. Absolutely, hear that commentary. That wasn't the intention of the survey that was put out. So the intention was for business people to uh, react. Yeah, and it was advertised uh, on the town website and chamber or any other means. Yeah, so it was on our social media feeds. We certainly circulated to chamber and asked them to circulate it to their membership, which they did. Um, and then we specifically direct mailed to all of our utility accounts and to all of our um, business license holders and commercial utility accounts, I should say. Um, we directly sent uh, a flyer to them asking them to participate in the survey. Uh, Mrs. Miller? Um, if I may, Your Worship. If I understand correctly, this, we already have an existing business revitalization grant that doesn't have any or very little uptake because it's not meeting the needs of the community at the moment. And my understanding was that we were striving to re redevelop this grant with a hope that our businesses would access it. And so I think, um, myself as well, I believe that the um, public will have lots of opportunity to provide feedback on what's presented. Because this is kind of, the grant's already there and the need was already identified. We just want to make sure that people actually access it because it's not being accessed and as we draft some policies to bring forward for council's review and consideration for adoption then i suspect you know we'll get more perhaps public input um, but it'll certainly be opportunity for council um, and community to provide input but really you know the goal is let's get some of that money spent to do some improvements and enhancements and i think if you're probably going to ask any President, perhaps you'd probably get a negative not understanding the value at the end. But um, if we could open it up to the public more in the future and see if we get some feedback from that. So the previous uh, revitalization grant had to do with, if I'm thinking of the right one, with taxes, whereby uh, if they improve their property, their assessment increased, depending upon how much their assessment increased, they got a um, a tax relief for up to three years in various amounts, I believe. Something like that? Okay. You're on the right track. And I will say that 
the other uh, communities that have similar grants to that, the scale of that grant is substantially different in that the numbers associated with it are much larger. So the incentive actually is there when you're dealing with much larger numbers at the, the scale that we had in terms of dollar value. It, the incentive isn't there, and we've seen it very clearly. It's not, it's not being utilized. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Corn? I just wanted to make a comment to what Bart was saying. Um, I did have, I think I had four phone calls in total from people that had concerns about this grant, and a lot of them assumed that it had already been passed, um, and that they were, they were quite upset about it. Three of them were non-business owners, and they were basically demanding to know why are my tax dollars going to improve a business that the business owners should be improving on their own. Um, so I had to kind of talk them off the ledge and one was from a business owner that thought we should be giving more. So it's exactly like Barb said, so. One thing I, that has come to my mind is I've, I, there was a couple of comments that were along those lines and I, I think that one thing that, I don't know how we put it out there to, to share this with the residents, but a reminder, yes, residents pay taxes, absolutely, but so do our commercial uh, businesses pay taxes and we do have other grants and other programs that really meet the needs of the residents. Um, we don't necessarily have as many programs that target our business community and support them in that similar but different type of ways that would meet their needs. Okay, so um, administration is um, ask, basically asking for a go forward here with respect to um, the information presented in this uh, report on the different types of grants and of course subject to budget and further discussion at that point in time. So um, to go forward we would need a motion of some sort and then we get to vote on it and give administration some direction. So under the request it says admin request council indicates support for the business grant category subject to budget approval. So for a motion, would this suffice to say that uh, that um, I move that uh, administration continue to pursue the development of this and include it on our budget discussions? Uh, question to administration: Would that give you enough direction to go forward somehow? Do you want to specify the top three grant categories so that we're clear about what we're trying to develop, or do you want us to bring back more information to? If that gives you clarity, then yeah. If we could include the business revitalization, tour enhancement, and facade improvement categories. So reading back that motion, um, Ms. Parsons. Administration to continue to pursue the following business grant categories and bring the matter forward for discussion during budget deliberations, and then I would list those grant categories. Okay, thank you. Any further discussion on the motion that we have before us? Okay, then. All those in favor of the motion? Opposed? It is carried. Thank you, Ms. Modi. Thank you. Okay, the next item on our agenda is uh, a briefing note with respect to the um, active transportation plan and um, Ms. Modi is still sitting in the chair. Thank you. 
Yeah, so this is a briefing note this evening, uh, just to make sure that council is fully within the loop on a project that we're moving forward on. Um, we are hoping to do public, some public communication uh, between now and the next council meeting, so we wanted to make sure that if council got any questions around this, you would be uh, aware of the project and, and realizing that it was going forward. Uh, so we have applied, and council has heard before that we applied for an active transportation fund grant from the federal government. We were successful in that grant, and it has provided us with fifty thousand dollars for planning and from the planning and design project stream of the uh, the federal fund. As part of the twenty twenty two capital budget, council also provided funding for the project. So we did go forward with a request for proposals and awarded the project to Bunton Associates following our public process. And now we have been working with the consultants to get that project going. They've had a site visit that they conducted in November and we are working on developing our, our website and getting ready to do public consultation a first round in January. Uh, so just wanted to highlight for council what we're talking about when we're talking about active transportation. So it includes any form of human powered or power assisted transportation and it's often synonymous with cycling and walking but can also include things like skateboarding, skiing, skating and that sorts of thing. Um, and we do see and I think we see a lot more in town now uh, that pedal assist or fully electric uh, bicycles or other types of assisted assistance devices can help expand the breadth of the community members who might take advantage of the infrastructure that supports active transportation. So we're working on, initially it was a west side active transportation plan based on the recommendations and the proposal from the consultant. We've expanded the scope a little bit, so we will be talking about active transportation across the entire community. We'll still be focusing on the west side because that's where the major gaps in our community exist, but the plan will also have the opportunity to identify some lower hanging fruit or quick wins that we might be able to do on the east side of the river. So we've made it a little bit more inclusive. Uh, the project process that the consultant has put forward is split into three phases. So we're in the first phase right now where we're, they're doing data collection, getting the groundwork done, and we'll do a first round of consultation. Uh, once they've done that first round and they've kind of built an initial plan, we expect to do a second round of consultation before we finalize the plan and we bring it forward to council hopefully in the late summer or early fall of this year, next year. It's not quite 2023. Uh, so that's basically the, the scope of the, the update. Just wanted to make sure that you were all aware of it. And please, when you see that information come across the town's uh, the feeds, please share it as well as you can so we can get good community engagement in the project. I can take any questions that you guys might have. Any questions? So the public survey is the, the one aspect that you just referred to. Keep a watch for it and participate and spread the word. Absolutely. Okay. Any other questions? Councillor Good. To accept the information. Yes, please. Yeah. Councillor Good moves to accept the active transportation plan briefing note for information. Any further comments, questions? All those in favor? It is carried. Thank you, Ms. Moody. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Mumford, the Director of Corporate Services, is now going to talk about the 2023 interim 
I think operating budget, is it? Yeah, operating budget. tonight we have the interim budget um, basically as the report states um, to maintain operations into 2023 uh, council passes an interim budget um, the base budget is based on the previous year actual it's really an administrative exercise until we get the final budget uh, before council for its approval in the new year um, just a couple of notes on the budget. I did modify, I removed some of the one-off items from last year, like the 55 plus games, things like that that were included. Um, I'm also presenting the budget here just a little bit differently. We're breaking it out by the different funds. Uh, so we've got the tax supported fund, water fund, wastewater, solid waste, and storm sewer. And lastly, just a, a note, um, this budget is excluding amortization expense. So again, our intention is to uh, start to incorporate the amortization expense into the budget process. Even though it's a non-cash item, um, it's still important that we uh, that we, we include and reflect that in our budgets. Um, so we're looking to, to get that fleshed out and included in the operating budget in the future. But it's not included in these figures. Thank you. Okay, so uh, Council has had uh, quite extensive discussions on um, the operating budget over the course of the last uh, month or so. So, um, councillors, this is your opportunity to uh, ask any further questions before we look at the recommendation. Councillor Shannon? Um, <clears throat> well, I just had a couple of things. Just a couple of uh, things I want to clarify. Home visitation. What is home visitation? Yes. Are you waiting for me? That's part of the Family Resource Network services that are funded through the provincial government. Okay. And the other one is the Economic Development Admin was 144 for last year and 72 for this year. Um, was that? I can also answer that one. So just to clarify, Councillor Shannon, yeah. um, the 2022 budget numbers, these are the actual approved 2022 budget. Um, we're presenting it by subfunction, which is basically, you know, the sub the subfunction is um, I mean, it's an element of each one of the, the, the departmental functions in our in our accounting system. Um, the 2023 interim budget is just 50% of the 2022 budget, so this isn't the the refined um, budget that you're going to see likely in January. <laughs> um, this is this is really just. Uh, it's an administrative exercise to allow us to continue to operate. Okay, thank you. Other questions, Councillor Boychuk? With the uh, Brew government saying they're not gonna increase RCMP revenue, is this the actual numbers or are we gonna be stuck with uh, their raise again this year? Um, Do you know what I'm talking about? So the, uh, well again, I, 
the, what you're seeing in, in uh, before you as part of this. This is just our 2022 budget number. It's not reflective of actuals or any known increases or anything like that. Um, as we've gone through the exercise uh, as administration, reviewing the numbers, in some instances we we're using our, our best guess, our estimates. So if there's if we anticipate there could be increases, we're we're building we're building that in to be reflective. There will be some instances though where. Um, we get surprised. <laughs> sometimes it's a good surprise, sometimes it's not. Uh, but as, as best as possible, we're trying to uh, to capture all those costs in the budget we'll be bringing to you in the new year. So that retroactive pay and all that, those pay increases and stuff, we're just seeing the real numbers now? We're not gonna be $50,000 short from last year's numbers or anything? Do you understand what I'm saying? How they just got the raise and we had to cover that? But was that in the 2022 numbers or was it I, I don't believe it was. And yeah, and I believe our Alberta government said they're not giving us that extra increase, so we gotta come up with that. So do you have any idea what that is? Um, at this point, the most recent um, most recent information I have from them is their quarter three, I guess it's their quarter two, um, but our quarter three uh, invoice. So I don't have that specific number at this time. Um, I'll maybe just get this administrative exercise across the desk then and move that council approve the 2023 interim operating budget based on 50% of the approved 2022 operating budget as detailed in appendix one with such appendix attached forming part of these minutes. Okay, thanks for the motion. Um, other comments? Um, CAO Miller, did you have a comment? Oh, uh, thank you, Worship. I was just gonna remind everybody that I don't think council has even seen or been introduced to the 2023 tax supported operating budget. So we've presented utility um, function budgets, but the tax supporting hasn't even been presented at all because I haven't even yet um, reviewed it. So just want to put clarity out there again that this is just 2022's numbers and we're just asking for funding to go forward. So big discussion is still to happen on operating is what it boils down to. Uh, Councilor Good? Just a, a question for Sam. Um, this is normally, my memory is that I've done this just about every single year I've been in council at some point, done an interim operating budget. And it's basically, if my memory is correct, a function to allow the corporation to pay bills as they come in, et cetera. It's not a statement that this is the budget, it's not a statement that these are the numbers. It's a as you call it, a best guesstimate of what you need to operate for the six months while the budget is figured out. That that, that's correct, Councilman. Okay, and so besides uh, the exclusion of the 55 games um, expenses and the airport, I guess it says, um, do you know if the waste management um, extra levy, was that excluded as well or not? Um, it was not okay. So, but again, we, it when we we're yeah we're aware of that change as part of um, the 2023 budget. Okay, so everyone understands uh, Councillor Scammerhorn's motion then, and the implications of it. We can pay some bills in January, etc. Okay, okay. All those in favor of the motion? Opposed? It is carried. So thanks, Mr. Mufford, for all your work on that one. And now we have the capital budget. 
and um, Buffer is still sitting there, and so 2023 capital budget presentation. Yeah, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, again, I won't spend a whole lot of time on this, uh, as we've already, uh, it's already been presented, and we've made the changes that Council identified um, at last week's meeting. Um, I do want to uh, uh, toss it over to Director Bell to make a few comments about um, one of the proposed changes that didn't make it into this presentation. It's impacting a current year 2022 budget item, uh, but will be impacting one of the 2023 proposed projects. So put it over here for a moment. Thank you. Um, just for council's information, we received uh, tenders closed on the hot tub demolition on Friday and um, project submissions were reviewed this afternoon. Um, the bid received two proposals the first, uh, not first, either one, uh, was received at 214000 and change, so close to 215, and the second was at 125000 The budget was 50000 for 2022 for the demolition portion of the project. Um, what administration is proposing is to roll this into the hot tub 2023 uh, proposed project within the 2023 capital budget so they'll become sort of a merged project it's sort of phase one phase two same project and we'll address the demolition um, out of that existing 2023 budget so refreshing our memories the 2023 budget for the hot tub 490,000 is the proposal in the 2023 capital budget. So just to clarify, the expected 50,000 is now at minimum 125,000. And uh, what you're thinking is hopefully the whole thing still is within the 490. 490 plus the 50,000, okay, yeah. so 540. Okay, is the proposal. And this would allow us to proceed with the demolition in January. Um, there'll be, we'll be able to achieve that and then start work on an engineer design to give us more detailed information that we'll bring back to council and provide you with more information once we have that more information to, to share. Thank you. Um, councillors, first of all, any uh, questions on what um, um, Director Bell has just uh, Information on Thank you. Councillor Carr and then Jack. What exactly? I'm a little surprised the demo is so high, but I'm always surprised things are so high. Me too. What What exactly did that include? That included the tub and all the piping back to the mechanical room, did it? That's correct. In In addition to some um, not hoarding, if that's the right word, is uh, that to build a small tunnel from. <coughs> the demolition area to the outside access so we're not contaminating floor itself and so. also the protecting the tiling on the deck because that's another significant concern because we don't want to yeah. cause any further damage along the deck but yeah that's and all the disposal and yeah. i too was surprised councillor shannon uh, my question is so one was around 125,000 and the other one was around 250. What's the difference in, in between? Yeah, so 215. Okay, yeah. So 
that's quite a that's like almost hundred grand difference. So what did one offer that the other didn't, or was it just the same quote overall? Same, same. quote uh, on the same yeah. scope of work. Uh, typically, what happens is it depends sometimes on how much work that particular contractor has on his plate at the moment, and he says, "Well, if I'm going to take on one more thing and pay all that overtime, I'm going to boost what my tender amount is going to be." But overall, it was the same project, same yeah. same tender specs for both companies, and and did you make a decision? Uh, we'll be doing that after tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Any other questions on uh, first of all the hot tub manner? Just a note: both companies are local local business companies. That's a good. Point. Good, uh, Councillor Boychuk. Any uh, concern of, like, I take it they're going to be jackhammering of, of causing that vibration, causing the other pipes any damage or, or worry about along that line? Not that we are concerned at this point on. Uh, we've got a fairly good idea of what is running through there, but, you know, as we start getting into that work, we'll be taking care to protect what's there. Because the, what we're trying to do is, uh, as we go through, and excavate, we would isolate and cap the existing piping as we go through. So we're hoping for no surprises. I have been surprised on several events, several street uh, infrastructure <laughs> planning and not plans as time has gone on. So. Uh, Keep our fingers crossed, no big earthquakes. And uh, so what I heard was you were proposing, or the thought is that there will be a, a kind of closed in tunnel from where the hot tub is to the right. south door and something put on the tile. So hopefully that doesn't get affected by this as well and lead to other um, <laughs> yeah. Actually, we're gonna be taking it to the north door. North door? We okay. switched, yeah. Okay, good to know. Okay, well, um, Okay, so that's that topic. Um, Councillor, or Deputy Mayor Fort. Yeah, just to uh, kind of go on Councillor Boychuk's remarks. Well, I would assume that we still have building schematics from when that building was built. So you kind of have an idea of where yeah, all the pipes are anyway. Yeah. Okay, um, other questions on the uh, topic of the capital budget and um, request that we basically um, approve it as presented 6.8795 million dollars <clears throat> okay would someone care to put forth a motion perhaps councilor good so okay so, uh, as I understand, uh, Councillor Good is moving that Council approve the 2023 capital budget as presented in this Appendix 1, totaling $6,795,300, with such appendix is going to be attached and forming part of the minutes for the future. That's what you said, eh? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, any further comments, questions on this? Okay, so this is slightly different than the operating one. So this is the actual, here it is, go forth, and uh, if there's any tenders to be set out, we, it could start after this approval. 
That, that's correct, Madam Mayor. Um, again, in instances where if we put a project into tender and the tender comes back significantly over, then we'll of course bring it back to council for your consideration and approval at that time. Uh, but that is this is the 2023 final capital budget. Good. And in the documentation that we were provided, the um, um, ideas as to what uh, either taxes or other and other grants etc would be paying for were outlined in those documents so public has an access to that on the website as well okay so we've got a motion before us any further before discussion? you make the motion madam Mayor, yes. i just wanted to do one correction when the capital projects were actually clarified okay. uh, that the main street concrete repair program yeah. was to be that one there is a program that's done over three years and not the, the one year as, as previously reported. So, so the, the council aware of that. So the the two hundred the two hundred ninety four thousand is for three years. So before one year. It's for one year, but the the actually doing all of the main street concrete will take three years. That's correct. So we would expect to see more budget monies um, being required to complete the entire project. That's correct. Okay. Okay. Any comments, further questions on that aspect of this fund? And the 294,000 would complete sort of a third of. That's correct. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Any further comments? Just one more comment. Councillor, Debbie Mayor. Yes, uh, Mr. McQuaig, with, with the uh, with the downtown, you're talking some of the brickwork as well. That that is for the uh, replacement of the brickwork. So uh, discuss that with uh, Ms. Modi, who is looking in on that was one of her projects, and just wanted to clarify that uh, the project that's presented for this year is to tackle a third of that brickwork this year, and then uh, take another third in. Uh, next year and the last third in the subsequent year. Okay, because uh, the question I had was would you be able to talk to uh, Ms. Modi about, because uh, that brickwork uh, project came up in our SEPTED walkabout mm -hmm. and see if some of that, those ideas can be implemented without affecting the budget? Certainly. Councillor Carr? Again, I'm Pretty surprised this $294,000. I priced a, a project this year for cement and it was to, to essentially to supply and place the cement was about 19 bucks a square foot. Now, does that, that seems for a third, that seems quite high, isn't it, based on that? Or is my number of dollars? Well, keep in mind that it is also for the removal and disposal of the. Uh, existing brickwork and reforming that to for the concrete so it's a, a little more than just going uh, a straight side sidewalk emplacement and is this uh, a while back we discussed this maybe being stamped concrete which I still very much against since I own some and it's deadly slippery um, are we looking at broom finish? Because that also uh, would be either way, it would be a broom finish. Even with the, the stand concrete, we can do a broom finish on that to provide some texture, so it's not having that slippery uh, surface on there. Uh, at this point, we may just 
go uh, for the easiest and just finish and but we would uh, probably uh, spend a little bit to tint the concrete okay. but if we can get more than a third done for the 294 we certainly will okay thank you yeah and tell me is the um the part downtown that has brick is that like two kilometers in total or one or what would it be I would have to go back and give you the exact figure, but I would say that you're probably six or seven hundred meters of uh, sidewalk on both sides, and then there's a little bit on 101st as well as 100. Okay, thank you for that. Any further questions before we um, we make the motion? I forgot it's, now. It's, it's waiting. It's waiting. Okay. Any further discussion? All those in favor of the motion to approve the 2023 capital budget as presented in Appendix 1. It is carried. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Rutherford, and everybody good luck with those tenders. Thank you. Okay, next we have the Community Services Fee uh, Update. And uh, Director of Community Services, Bell, is leading this one. Your Worship. Um, firstly, Council, this report is very lengthy because we have a lengthy number of fees within the Community Services Department. Um, you don't realize it until you have to itemize every single one out. Um, generally, I will not be going through each of the fees this evening. I will provide you just the uh, quick overview of what administration has been looking at and the intent to bring back at a future meeting. Um, generally, all fees are being looked at uh, with a 4% increase. Um, staff, once we started to implement a multi-option of 4, 4.5%, 5.5%, 5.5%, 6%, once you get those numbers into the spreadsheets and start seeing the outcome of them, um, we opted to recommend more of a 4% increase for a number of the fees. You'll see that under the home support, the Meals on Wheels, and also under the Baytex Energy uh, Center, most of the fees are recommended for a 4% increase. There are some exceptions. Um, we are recommending a 0% increase for our drop-in fees, specifically because our neighbor is still within the same amount as we are, uh, the Miles Old Multiplex. Um, we are in direct, um, I don't like using the word competitor at the moment, it's the only thing that's coming to mind, but it, the reality is we, ch alternative, thank you. Um, and to be fair to the community and, and uh, what we offer for services, it seems rational to keep our fees similar to our neighboring alternate. Um, when we move into some of the more uh, outdoor type activities, field rentals, ball diamonds, uh, sports fields, there is a recommendation of 4%. However, we just realized today that we did a fee increase for our outdoor sports fields last year 
but once the bylaw was passed, it was not implemented till after their season. So we will be um, recommending that these fee increases for ball diamonds and sports fields don't take effect uh, until the following year, so you won't see those in the actual bylaw document because those sports field users would actually get a double increase, which um, doesn't feel very rational or fair for that group if they hadn't seen the increase from last year's. Um, moving on to the pool, again, 4% uh, increase was the general standard that is used. However, you'll see, and we illustrated this within uh, the final column on the right, what the actual percentage change is, and the variation is rather substantial. Um, a lot of this is just writing our fees so that they're logical based on your one-time use or your drop-in admission fee, and then your 10-punch pass, your monthly use, and so forth as, uh, as you move up the membership opportunity uh, spectrum. Uh, we're trying to make sure our fees are rational to the public and they have value to them, um, but there is some basis for that. So we do provide you with some information on if you were to buy a family yearly pass, how many times would you need to go to make it um, worthwhile to you as an individual. Um, we do make recommendations around our courses. I have mentioned this in a past uh, report that our course fees had seen a substantial adjustment last year. Uh, so we have very few recommendations on changes. Any changes that we are making, they're either a market change uh, in relationship to uh, market alternatives within the community, such as first aid, uh, CPR courses, that type of thing, or if there was a course expense change to us as the provider, so materials and supplies uh, with Life Saving Society have adjusted, so we're passing on that expense to the user. Rental rates are taking uh, a proposed slight adjustment, um, slightly higher than 4%. Um, Sometimes it's more of a, again, a comparison to our neighboring partners that offer a similar service. We did a quick comparison using High Prairie. Oh, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Um, the Town of High Prairie's pool, the, not Grimshaw's, it's an outdoor pool, high level. Uh, Fairview, thank you, sorry. I couldn't get past Grimshaw mentally down the highway. We also used Grand Cash and Hay River. Um, and we were on the low end for some of our rental fees. So some of our proposals are higher than a 4%, but we did a um, uh, facility comparison and came up with a slightly adjusted number as such. In the museum, we did a bit of a shakeup in the historical world of all the fees there. I'm, I'm not sure you can shake up the historical world, but. Um, we simplified some of our fees. We had fees that didn't quite make sense in terms of how the staff and how the public is um, accessing the facility, specifically for heritage fees and research fees. 
um, our archivist typically spends a minimum a half an hour with an individual who's looking for a specific photo of a time frame of a parent's house of a business downtown or whatever the ask is and instead of then charging a fee for scanning of that document or photocopying the photo we're proposing to take those fees for the articles and digital photos and sometimes merging that up into those um, historical archival requests so that half an hour is no longer free we're proposing that there's a cost of five dollars um, you'd be surprised the number of requests we get from out of town so charging one dollar for a photocopy to get that one dollar from someone from Ontario is just it, it doesn't make any sense so a lot of times the staff aren't even charging that fee because there's there's it costs everyone more than it's worth collecting um, the conservation fees we completely removed it's not something we are offering as a service any longer with the change of staff they don't have the same skill set to be able to offer that service so we're proposing the elimination of that particular fee so more humidi hum humidification to flatten documents or encapsulation of the documents so administration is presenting this as for council's information tonight and we propose to bring back the actual bylaw which would include other fees not just the community services department fees but uh, we are the bulk of that document so this was provided for council's information so that you can see the exact um, amounts that we would be proposing in that bylaw in the new year thank you councillors questions councillor good yeah it's just uh <coughs> maybe we have a line here but i'm just thinking on the research fees a lot of businesses have a, a fee structure that's your first half hour is the most expensive half hour so if you make that if you had a $20 fee that would cover your people from out of town phoning you up and saying I want you to do a bunch of work for uh, five bucks you say it was 20 bucks um, you at least because your staff you're paying them um, I would suggest more than the five dollars yes. for that amount for them yeah. amount at least the $20 covers it to an extent if it goes yeah. longer and you sit there and say for your, your next balance of payments are less yeah you're getting an hour for twenty dollars if it takes three hours you get a deal on the on the, on the second yes. portion of it yeah but your first portion is higher to my mind there's almost nothing you can ask somebody to do that's not worth twenty dollars mm -hmm. if I somebody shovels my walk embarrassed to say it's not less than 20 bucks right and these are people who are trained that have to go have to know what they're doing have to have have to have skills and capabilities so in a case like that, I think I'd go for the first 30 minutes is $20, and yeah. then you go to your $20 an hour after that. That's just a suggestion. Mm -hmm. That I actually quite like that suggestion a lot. Any other? Um... It, get to, it also gets a lot of frivolous stuff. Yeah. It says, and, and for that amount of money, email me the 20 bucks. Yeah. You're in Ontario, you don't have anything fancy, email yeah. me the 20 bucks, we'll take care of it, right? Yeah. Okay. Huh? Uh, any other uh, comments right now before I ask for a motion? Just for the sake of 
piqued my curiosity. How, I mean, you said a lot of requests. Mm-hmm. What's a lot? Oh, now you're pressing my memory, which is proving to be not very great this evening. Um, I'm going to say about 50 a year is what we're sort of an average for the archivist. Yeah. So out of those, at least three quarters would be from out of the community. The bulk is from afar. I lived here once, my family lived there, those types of requests. And so it's not going to be like a whole bunch of people like getting dinged for 20 bucks they're going to be upset about, but... No. Yeah, no. okay. Then I like what Dawn said. Okay, um, so maybe a councillor would be uh, prepared to move that council direct administration to bring an amending bylaw for the community services fees and charges bylaw as discussed and to be considered for first reading. Councillor Sounds Hyde. great, madam. Okay, uh, Councillor Scammerhorn, so moves. Are we clear on the motion? So we'll have a bylaw discussion here at some point in the future. Okay, all those in favor of the motion? Thank you. It is carried. And thank you, Director Bell. Okay, next up we have the. Um, Okay, uh, two slightly different things here. Anyways, notice the motion one, making council's expenses public. And uh, CAO Miller will lead us through this. Thank you, Worship. So this request for decision is essentially, we're just seeking formal resolution of um, direction for us to post the timesheets and expense claims on the town's website. So this is um, out of the notice of motion from November 14th and then subsequent discussions December 5th at the GMP. So as mentioned before, administration is in full support of council's initiative to do so. Um, when we were discussing it at the GMP, it seemed to us that Hinton example was most favorable. So we were gonna um, try to design something similar to that format. And then I just want to ask council as a reminder, once we do get the motion, although we're starting to work towards it, um, just that there will be a little bit of lead time on our end to design the page and um, to develop a procedural directive and decide who's gonna do what, who's responsible for what, but we will get onto it um, right away as soon as we can. And um, I guess really other than that, I think it's all been discussed we're just really looking for formal motion to move with publishing effective um, January and actually we'll go retro back to the start of this council term if you just give us a time to get that accomplished <laughs> so my impression of the Hinton one was they took whatever the councillor had it in and they that's it it's on the website so there was nothing to be, I don't know, summarized or anything. It just went. Okay. Uh, any, um, well, uh, either a motion or discussion on this item? Uh, yes, I'll put the motion on the floor to move that administration publish council's timesheets and expense claims <coughs> on a monthly basis on the Town of Peace River website commencing in 2023 and retroactively to the start of this council's term, October 2021. 
Kip, any uh, further discussion? So when I vote on this, I am voting on the presumption that um, admin will not be spending a great deal of time on this matter, because I don't think that was the intent. Okay, all those in favor of the motion? It is carried, thank you. Okay, the next item on our agenda is um, RFD Joint Municipal School Board meeting. And uh, count, or CAO Miller. Sure, Your Worship, I can speak to this again. This was um, brought forward at the last meeting. Um, uh, the Peace Service School Division holds a joint board meeting with the municipalities annually. And that invitation was extended for the February 1st meeting in 2023. And they were seeking a couple of um, topics that council would like to have discussed during the meeting and also um, who would be attending. So if we could have that information provided to us, we will provide it back to the school board. Thank you. So I had indicated previously that I would like to attend this one. And I'm not sure I think maybe this is a virtual meeting too, but I'm not quite positive. So February 1st, probably a Wednesday. Okay, so um, any discussion on this? Did we move to Wednesday? This, I'm sorry, this is an aside. Did we move to Wednesday? Yes. Okay, I can attend. So Councillor Scammerhorn is interested in attending. Okay. I would like to attend, but I thought it was only you. Well, uh, admin has got two people here. I don't think they want, uh, in the past, uh, certain councils have sent uh, the whole council, but in the past couple of years, they've uh, more limited it. So, um, Councillor Scarlhorn wanted to attend. Uh, Councillor Shannon is indicating, so I don't know. Maybe Councillor Scammerhorn could be first up, and if something happens, Councillor Shannon, does that work? Well, I'll make a motion to enable the councillors that are interested, including the mayor, to attend. Well, it's not always just up to us. It's we should look at the school division invite. Does it say there's only two people? I, I don't know what it said. Your council and Yeah, the invitation does extend to your council for clarity. Okay, so um, changing our recommendation here then, um, it could be whoever, but we should know who it is so that we can tell them. Um, so we'll get that over with. Uh, topics to be discussed or brought forth. Is there anything uh, for the town of Peace River that we would like to discuss with, this is Peace River School Division. Yeah. Uh, definitely the same, like when I attended this meeting here a few years ago, um, one of the biggest uh, concerns uh, in the schools was uh, students and mental health. So the topic would be uh, what are school, what is the school division uh, offering in terms of a mental health program to students? Is that the topic? 
while there was some concern about uh, students and, and mental health back in the day and how the students can access services because there was some, <coughs> some stuff in the schools in the schools that was not going to happen anymore to my recollection I, I don't exactly remember but it is a, I know it is a concern to a lot of schools so it, I think it could be generally under the topic of mental health programs being offered in Peace River School Division schools, particularly Peace River schools. Covered? Sure. Anything else? Uh, they do mention their increasing costs with uh, decreasing enrollment, and one of their concerns around costs is carbon tax going up, which is also a concern for us. Uh, perhaps a proposition for a joint letter for that uh, relief in that regard might be appropriate. Okay, so um, uh, effects of the carbon tax on our municipality as well as on the school division and um, <coughs> could we help them advocate in some way? Yeah, perhaps if we uh, were to do so together it might carry some weight. Okay, okay Miss um, Parsons, you've kind of got that in mind. Okay, anything further? Okay, would someone be prepared to, uh, Councillor Good, uh, enable uh, mayor and councillors to attend the February 1st Joint Municipal and Peace River School Division Board meeting with the topics uh, one and two as discussed, the mental health one and the carbon tax one? Do those, they have, don't they have to be named? Um, yeah, it would be helpful for well, I'll name as any for Councilor Scalhorn and Councilor Shannon. Okay. And the mayor. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so all three. You're all can go. Yes. So, Ms. Parsons, you've got that incorporated? Move that Council Enable Mayor Manzer and Councilor Scalhorn and Shannon to attend the February 1st Joint Topic, the topics oh, put forward. Sorry, I was doing separate motions. Yes. Um, second motion being that move that council request the following topics be added to the agenda. What mental health programs are currently offered for students in the Peace Region and the impacts of carbon tax on our municipality and school division. And if they would have an interest in doing uh, dual lobbying in the form of a letter. So could you put instead of just Peace Region, Peace River School Division? Because we're not talking about the others. others to yourself right now. Okay, so motion one, enabling motion. All those in favor? It is carried. And I'll move the second motion. Okay, Councillor Scanahorn moves the second motion on the items, so all those in favor? It is carried. Thank you. Okay, onwards now to the next topic, which is says RFD Brownlee 2023 Emerging Trends Seminar final. So, please leading this account, or CAO Miller, please. Thank you, Your Worship. I should just jump in. Um, oh, sorry. So this really is for information at this moment. I um, just introducing, if those of you who are aware, Brownlee LLP does an annual information session on emerging legal topics uh, uh, related to municipalities. And um, they have started since COVID offering it virtually and I have scheduled, I've been um, 
scheduled to attend. And so I was just putting this out for information for council when it gets closer to the time. Those who perhaps would like to join in on the session, we could jointly learn and um, have some team building time. So I'll bring it forward again. We are, uh, as I said, we've already scheduled and registered and we'll bring it forward late in January just as a reminder to everybody. Okay, so on the uh, information, the virtual one would be the Edmonton one, which is uh, yes, February that's 16th, yeah? Okay, um, well, should we just get it over right now and uh, do an enabling motion? Can we just enable all accounts? I'm not seeing what time this is because... 8 a.m. to 3.30. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> I'll still go for all accounts, just in case I feel like using a personal day on it. <laughs> yes. Okay, so uh, Councillor Scammerhorn has uh, moved to enable uh, Mayor and Council to attend the virtual session, probably, on uh, February 16th. And that's the motion. All those in favor? Is there an uh, indication of who might be interested or possibly could attend this at this point in time? Okay, so looks like maybe three-ish counselors in there. Okay, thank you for that one. Okay, now we're on to reports, I believe, or did we have the extra added to this one? We have the extra added to this one. Okay, so the extra is the new council communication agenda, which um, I think, I don't know if it's been added online or, or not. Yes, if you refresh your agenda. Okay, so um, speaking to this, um, CAO Miller, do you just want to explain kind of what this is about? Sure. Um, oh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. And actually, I was hoping to get it out maybe two or three weeks in a row so you kind of get a flavor of what you could expect. So there's lots of communication that comes through um, administration to ourselves, plus some to a council that may or may not need to be or doesn't necessarily need to be uh, part of the general business agenda. So our goal is to prepare a weekly um, communication package and so you can see information coming in, information in, and letters that go out um, to the community and then it keeps everybody all informed at the same time and it keeps you informed on a weekly basis because some weeks we don't have any council meetings as well. So this way you can expect a communication package. It's going to grow and develop as we become um, registered to different subscriptions like Insight, Alberta Council, and whatnot. So we have different categories and we'll place the information accordingly. If you see anything at all that you want moved over to a council agenda, we'll do a really good job most often determining what actually needs to be on the agenda because it requires a motion or whatnot. But if at any time you see anything on the, on the communication package that you'd like brought forward for further discussion, just you know, shoot us an email and let us know that we'll get it on the agenda for further discussion. Councillor Good. Just a couple of comments. Um, one, uh, two things. It's just, um, it, for example, the letter from the concerned citizen. Yes. Um, the information, the, the name is redacted. Yes. Um, 
And also, it was it was the letter was to council, but the response was from administration. And without taking a position on the letter itself, when the question is asked of council, then the question is, does it meet the agenda? Does it come to the agenda, or does it not come to the agenda? That's one question. The second one is. Um, in the interest of transparency, if the, if the person asks for their name to be redacted, then I can see potentially redacting it, but I can also see potentially not redacting it on the grounds that nameless, faceless comments, nameless, faceless comments can sometimes be nameless, faceless comments. Um, so I, I just want to bring those two things up. And it, on this issue, like there's an issue here of the deer, for example, and I know that, and again, not having any position on this, but I know the Fairview has, has a bylaw for deer. I know that other communities do. A large number in Alberta don't. I do know, having called what, um, Alberta Wildlife about, um, we had some injured deer on the street, for example, we were asking what they could do, and the answer is nothing, pretty much, um, because I don't know if everybody knows this, but it's absolutely illegal to feed animals, wild animals, in any area, provincially, any area other than parks, other than provincial parks, the federal parks. That includes bird feeders. Sorry? <laughs> yes. It includes probably feeding my friends. But you need higher but, quality friends. I know. But what, what I'm saying is really there's no legislation that precludes somebody from feeding a bear if it walked in the yard and they said, Whoa, I'm gonna bring in a steak for the bear. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So you could question the logic and the wisdom, but can't question the law on that one. So if a person brings something like this, I think they're basically asking for maybe a response is, do you want this to be brought to council's attention, etc. I think that the, that's part of my main question. Previously on council, um, a lot of the letters that you have here, like the one from the public safety and emergency services, used to be included in the information section, and the information section did not include the governance and priorities minutes because they were part of the, we passed the governance and priorities minutes, then we passed the regular minutes. And then the meeting highlights would have been there because that's something that, like North Peace Housing, for example, sends out a, uh, every month sends out a synopsis. And that synopsis was included in section 10 information. So I think we already have the methodology of putting it in the information section. I think the things that are being included now are not necessarily what's historically been there. So I'm just, you know, I'm finished on that. Thank you. Uh, uh, CAO Miller? If I may, Your Worship. Um, so the redaction, that's a good question because I do believe that if people write to council, there's an understanding that their name will be included and it's open to the public. So we'll do some check. I think we were being cautious. I think also this is a perfect example of a situation that then needs to come to council. We responded just to give the, we heard your message and you've been responded, but now that you've seen this, I think this is a perfect example where council can then say, you know, we think this should come to the council table maybe have more of a discussion around do we have a problem with deer or not for example yeah. 
I don't intend to take the minutes for information off the agenda. So minutes we get from any council appointed committee. Right. I do not intend to take those off the normal agenda and put them in this communication package. This is just over and above kind of, well, first of all, get some of the stuff that is not important off the agenda that is being on the agenda, but additional and expand your information that's being presented to you. So I don't think you're gonna find stuff necessarily shifted off. I just think this is gonna be more information and clean up the agenda. We're gonna change the wording to package, not agenda, because this is an agenda. But then the cover of this package will also come on future agendas just for information. So then again, the public can see and then they can access additional information as well. And that's the intent of it. Um. So one comment I have, um, like the one on victim services, um, information like that I think should be as included in as wide of audience as possible. So I'm trying to figure out to myself if including that in the council agenda would get wider uh, reading than it would in the other, finding the other part on the website. I haven't made my conclusion yet, but I do know that uh, we did have um, letters come to us about uh, victim services, and we also heard at our two uh, conventions about victim services. So for instance, that one is one that I'm kind of thinking, well, maybe it should have been on the council agenda just right up front, because it's one that we've had conversation about in the past, like how, how do you differentiate that part of things? So that is gonna be a little bit of a learning is because I don't know what's been talked about before. Yeah. So some of it will be, and again, anytime you see something, you just have to send us a note and say, please put this on the normal agenda. But our goal is to um, really, um, this is gonna be a communication method for the public too, right? This is information that is, is relevant and important and hopefully interesting to the public. So these agenda or packages will be published just like anything else and we're gonna promote that because quite frankly, a lot of people aren't interested in reading agenda packages. Um, so, you know, if we can get some messages out there, but again, the intention would be to have this cover included for information on the next agenda package. So if anybody is reading the agenda, they're gonna see what the cover package and everything that was included in that. So then they can go, oh, what is that? Maybe I need to go look at that. So it might be a bit of an experiment for a while. Yes, the other one I was gonna ask about is, um, the inclusion of the County of Northern Lights letter. Like, I don't know that we've heard a response from them, so I was wondering about the, the way of doing that. We've sent this letter, but I don't know that we've received a response, and if they haven't had a chance to look at it, and yet we're publishing it in this way, to me it kind of maybe is not so good. I just, I, like, I don't know when they had their meeting or if they yeah. considered it. And we will absolutely, we're, we're learning too. We're yeah. just trying to introduce yeah. this and, and we're learning and we will absolutely make more attention to that as well, absolutely. And I do hope, my hope is, as I said, I was really hoping we could get two or three addi additions out, mm -hmm. um, especially over the Christmas season while we have a little bit of a break and we're not seeing each other and you're kind of 
what's going on. Um, and then I was hoping we could have a good discussion on our January 3rd meeting to say, hey, is this working for you? Is it not? What do you like? It's good that we're getting some guidance now. I appreciate that. And then we can kind of refine over the next few publications. Is that also good? And then Jeffy Demir? If I could make a suggestion, potentially, why not bet for the next month? Take a look and say, this is what we're thinking of vet it through the deputy mayor and the mayor and say, is this the kind of stuff that we should be putting there generally? And have them take a look at it and the answer is, yeah, go ahead and do it. Rather than fire it out and later on say, oh, maybe we should have, maybe could have, should have, would have. So I'm just thinking that that might be the methodology is vet it through the mayor and the deputy mayor first. And then, and then add it to the information pack because they would know the history, they would know some of the background, they may know other things that would impact whether or not that's the proper place. So that would be my suggestion. Uh, Deputy Mayor. So my under, yeah, I, 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 I could probably handle that, but uh, I like the uh, I like the comment on the uh, the mayor's comment on the letter that went out because they haven't had a chance, maybe possibly to have seen this yet. The, so my understanding is, is you'll have this package that comes out and if a particular counselor reads something and would like it on an agenda, they can reach out and ask to have it added on. And from what I did here, and I'm hoping I'm understanding this right, so in a future council meeting, that information or communications package on on the agenda under information, there will be an actual link that will take a person to that uh, communication package page. Again, if I can speak, the procedural bylaw already has uh, procedures for how things are added to the agenda. Um, the procedural bylaw, and I think the code of conduct may have something here, but I think the procedural bylaw already already does. And one of the things is that there's the last date of having something added to an agenda is the Wednesday prior, so that it doesn't come out on Friday night before whatever it gets Monday. So I think um, in the interim, I still think I'll go back to my original suggestion and also maybe familiarize myself with the procedural bylaw as it is and follow those steps until there's a decision on how the agenda is formulated. Because again, it's not just Don wants something on the agenda, it gets there, because that's one of the reasons for the potential for the notice of motion was to do that too. So I see this kind of um, in conflict with that, with that reasoning prior. I just think there's some friction points here that have to be worked out. Thanks, Deputy Mayor. Uh, I yeah, I'm, like I'm trying to remember the procedural bylaw myself now, and I, I think you're 100 percent buying on. Um, now, the, as far as getting something on the agenda, now I remember we had some pretty good discussion about this prior. The way the agenda is um, in our procedural bylaw, it talks about who puts things on the agenda, and it's, uh, my memory is it's a combination of the. CAO with the, the help mayor, of the mayor. CAO with the help of the mayor. Yeah. So and that's in the that's already so I don't think we have to revisit it tonight, but I think it's a discussion that should be had and the procedural bottle should be followed until there's a modification. So I'm pretty sure that's what we're if I may, Your Worship. Yeah. 
So first of all, I think we're getting way too complicated because I don't think, I think it's supposed to be a beneficial tool and it's almost sounding like it's a, a negative. So I'm gonna ask that you please have patience and enjoy what you get. When I said come to the, um, just shoot me an email, that's no different than anything else. If something's on the agenda or you want have a thought or an idea, and something, it doesn't, notice the motions are like formal, right? But most of the stuff would be in the agenda package anyways. We're just trying to make the formal business agenda cleaner. Um, so if you saw something, all you'd have to say is, we'd like to put that on the agenda, and it would go wherever it would normally go right now on the agenda for discussion for I understand that, but what I'm saying is the procedural bylaw outlines how the agenda mm -hmm. is made. So if you do something ultra virus to that, if you do something right. extra on that, it's not included in that process. Right. So I think right now you follow, we follow the bylaw, and then you can bring the bylaw back with suggestions on changing it or modifying it or whatever. I have no problem with that discussion. It's probably a very, very good discussion. Um, Ms. Parsons? I feel that the intention with this, we would not be going outside of the procedural bylaw at all. It would not take us outside. But if you add the communication or add these letters to the agenda, they are now added to the agenda without input of the uh, without input we, of the mayor. No, we would follow the same process we are now. When we add these types of information items onto the agenda, it would be following the same exact same process we are now. It's just that you would have seen them in the communication agenda first, oh, and then they would, and then the council would say. Actually, we'd like to see this under the information section on the agenda as per we would have, as per usual, as per past practice, and we would put them there. We wouldn't operate outside the procedural bylaw. Thank you. It's not struggling. Councillor Scanlon and Councillor Shannon. So, uh, some more bugs to throw into the works here. I'm sorry. Um, how would we determine what letters would make it into this? So like, let's say, for example, you get a letter from Seymour Butts wanting, uh, you know, counselor good to, you know, bend down and touch his toes, whatever. Um, so if we're going to do something like this, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was for you admin. You can discuss it at your meeting tomorrow morning. Um, you. This doesn't make the paper, right? Okay, it does. It's already, it's already published. Okay, perfect. Um, so now you can have some fun with it, but my other concern might be like, oh, if I write a letter to council, it's going to end up in this. So I can kind of have some fun with that or whatever. This is kind of like a Bowie McBoatface potentially situation as well. Um, so if, if we are going to do this, it, we should make it somehow clear if it's going to become a, a policy or something where it's like, you know, these letters are published at our discretion and, and you don't get to complain because if the chemtrails letter makes it in and I write a letter and it doesn't show up in this agenda or this package or whatever you call it, I'm like, well, what the heck? How come the chemtrails are there and mine isn't? Um, so the other side that I can, that Councillor Good brought up is if I can move something out of this, you know, onto the agenda, it's like, I could potentially get around a notice of motion by somebody writing a letter to council and then, oh, well, I'll get it on the agenda by moving it off of this onto there. And yes, I know it'll still go through that, but that's just another leverage point we would just, I would want to keep in mind is, is all. My biggest concern is the first one. Uh, CAO Miller, then Councillor Shannon. If I may, um, 
perhaps we consider we I know that we talked about a locked session because section because there will be um, things communication that is subject to FOIP or um, you know privileged so perhaps that would be the guidance is um, letters that do come in although um, you write to council it should be people should be aware that it could be read in open public We'll work on that parameters. Yeah, well, I, I can think of someone writing a banking that it's going to be read in, in open public and kind of thing. But I mean, there's space for that. Councillor Shannon, uh, Councillor Good, and Ms. Parsons, like you here. Um, actually, our, our Councillor Scampoint just um, asked my question because I was wondering about the other letter too. So how do we decide what letters get on? So. Just to end, like I said, the, the agenda is supposed to be a joint, according to the procedural bylaw, a joint work between the administration and the mayor. So if administration puts something on there prior to having the mayor say yay, nay, or indifferent, or whatever, or work on it, or if the mayor sticks something out without the discussion, without discussing it with administration, then they think there could be an issue. So. What I'm talking about is for the for this period of time, while you're looking at it and, and wondering maybe this or maybe that, that that discussion take place with the deputy mayor, and, and that's all I'm asking for. And I, I don't I don't think that's going to be limiting anything you're going to be doing. So. Okay, for you next, and then Ms. Parsons. Okay, so my understanding of this now, correct me if I'm wrong, is. If we didn't have this communications package that you're toying around with, this would be automatically on the agenda under information anyway. Would it or would it not? I'm going to say not everything, no, because we want to give, we get so much information, just general reading government stuff that, you know, you don't get on your agenda. So you're going to see this grow. And, I, and a lot of the stuff that would be on it would never have made an agenda package. It's just, general communications information or similar if you give direction to administration to write a letter to Minister of Transportation for example that letter wouldn't come back through the agenda right so here it'd be like hey that letter's done it's gone or similarly those letters of support right those letters of support would never come on an agenda package but this is a way to communicate to council and the public that these letters are being done and you're informed, right? Um, so there'll be many, many, most things probably on this package would never make an agenda package. It's just a way for us to try to increase transparency and provide more information out to everybody. Is the goal. Yeah, thank you. Ms. Parsons? I just want to clarify with the notice of motion confusion as well. If a councillor were to email from that communications package and say, I'd like to see this on the agenda, we say, well, actually, that's more of a notice of motion item. Whereas if you came forward and said, this letter that's on this information package, it would, is something that's normally on the agenda and we think it's really important to be on the council agenda as well, then yes, fine. But that if it came forward with, well, I want to talk about dear, well, maybe that's a notice of motion that you need to bring forward. So they're kind of different things and we would give that guidance as administration when those requests come forward. And then just to follow off of um, CAO Miller's comments about this agenda, I think this is a really great way because in the past organizations that I've worked at, 
we've just sent email after email after email to council with all this information or letters, you know, okay, we did get this letter out and it gets so kerfuffled and so confusing. Council can't keep track of all those emails. So this is one like distinct place where you can find all your correspondence find, and get continually updated without being overloaded with emails and information. So just as an example, as an example, then this letter about the deer. So if the mayor and uh, the CAO think it's relevant enough to, and it should be on the agenda, it'll come on an agenda. Sure, why not? Sure, why not? Because yeah. they're the ones that set the agenda. But that's what—that's the only control that it, it's, it, this was put out prior. To, if I understand correctly, I don't think you had heads up prior to this being put onto the agenda. So, okay, I asked for it to be added to the agenda after the agenda. Oh, okay. Yeah, because of this. Uh, then that's of, all, then, I, then, then my, my concerns are to a large extent um, answered. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to make sure that communication was occurring because I think it's very, very important prior to things, yeah. My concerns have been answered with that. Okay, so slightly new process. Uh, we'll be looking at this over the course of the next couple of editions of this um, uh, package. I guess now we're calling it a package. And it's my understanding that uh, the public will be able to go onto the website and see it someplace, just as us as counselors, us as counselors the in we might have is that it would be uh, somehow directed to us that it's up or here's the link and then we won't go looking we'll just have the link okay okay so we'll look forward to the evolution of this and uh, sorting out a few things so thank you yeah yeah okay so um i don't know do we uh move that for Oh yes, we were just looking for a motion to accept for information if we could. Okay. So moved. Okay, Deputy Mayor moves, so moves. All those in favor? It is carried. Thank you. Okay, on to reports. And the report, uh, first report is the Economic Development Committee of November 8th, their minutes. And um, Councillor Shannon. Well, that's you? the only one I missed there. Okay, so. Uh, Councillor Carr, were you in attendance there? Anything to bring forward of you want to note for us? I'm not sure that I was in attendance. That says you were. That's the wrong. Yeah, that was the one I missed, Brad, when I was in Grand Prairie. Okay. I'll, I'll bring forward one thing here. I noticed under their new business, uh, they have a proposed lumberjack festival in September. I just would hope that they would also um, take into account that the art and cultural people, they had the last weekend in September for their days, and also September 30th, October 4th, um, uh, National Indigenous Events happening. Yeah. So, and, and just I, a note, because those are, I'm, my apologies, okay. um, as they are draft minutes, there'll be a slight tweak to the minutes as it's not um, the economic development committee that's necessarily the planning of that particular event it's somebody else in the community asking for some sort of support yeah just to, to clarify 
yeah, because uh, somehow or other that the big the big calendar needs to not cause things to interfere too much with each other because sometimes there would be conflicts in that way. Uh, this one was actually organized with that in mind, and uh, there was three other other events in the region that we thought of, and um, they were all on different weekends in September. Like there was one in Grimshaw, so it was timed um, in, in conjunction with that. So it is being looked at. Thank you. Thank you. Any other uh, comments on these minutes? We'll move the acceptance at the end here. And then uh, we have the uh, November 26th, um, whoops, I'm looking at something else here now. I'm looking at the Emergency uh, Advisory Committee meeting minutes of December 5th, which I believe is the one that uh, we as councillors uh, got to attend and uh, learn some things. So, anybody commenting on that one? Would someone care to move the acceptance of the reports items one and two for information? Councillor Shannon, thank you. All those in favor? It is carried. Okay, now we're on to information item governance and priorities um, December 5th, 2022 final. So the final I'm getting here is, is admin's way of saying it's ready put it on or something because uh, final to me kind of oh is it the title yeah it's in the title yeah. well it's in the the link it's in the attachment and it just meant it was our final review yes. of it and i missed taking that out okay so there's still the draft minutes for you guys to approve yeah. the next gop so you'll watch the word final because you might think it's final, final. <laughs> okay, any uh, comments on that for information? Uh, the next one was the November 26th Peace Library Board meeting highlights. I'm the uh, rep on that one. Uh, basically, uh, we looked at budget and um, things are carrying on at all of our libraries. Uh, we've had some changes in staffing at um, PLS, so that's change process is an ongoing issue there as well. Um, would someone care to move the acceptance of the information items one and two? Oops. Accept that. Unless I'm procedurally wrong here, minutes are not accepted as information. Minutes are, minutes are accepted as a record of the meeting. So the minutes are, the draft minutes are accepted as presented. They're, they're accepted for information because they're the G&P minutes. And the new process that CAO Miller wants us to undertake is getting them on the agenda on the next one because GNP are a month apart. So the public can see the draft minutes from the meeting earlier. But so they'll be accepted for information here. And then at the next GNP meeting, they'd be adopted. Okay. Yes. As long as that, okay, that's they fine. They will come Thanks. forward at the next one. Yeah, I've just never, it's never been done that way before. Yeah, so. new, new process. Okay. Thank you. Wait, so we have. The, the, the inter, uh, yeah, somebody's going to make a motion, I'm hoping, to accept the information items one and two, and they'll be written out in full uh, for information. Councillor Carr gladly wants to do that. <laughs> All those in favor? 
opposed? It is carried. Okay, no notices of motion, comments from the public. Unless Emily wants to tell us something. Or ask the counselor for saying something I'm going to publish. No, just <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. You guys are safe. Okay, thank you. Have a uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. The Merry same Christmas to you. Thank you for coming. Uh, key communication items, Ms. Bedard. <laughs> Um, so the business grant program with the approved grant categories is the first, uh, quickly followed by perhaps the most important, the approval of the interim budget and the 2023 capital budget. And for upcoming communication items would be the community services uh, fee rates uh, in the bylaw discussion to follow that and the um, active transportation plan as things move forward in that process pending any other suggestions from council. I would like the with the interim budget, like just given that it's sort of just so we can pay our bills, I don't know if that's like much interest to them. I think people would be confused if we published that. I think the capital budget most definitely, but the interim budget people would be like, well, well I think would raise more questions than answers. I can definitely provide some context so people don't get confused. Okay. Yeah, it's an important one and um, we had enough trouble with that around this table. Yeah, and if people want to have some more say on it, or say on it, uh, they should know that it's 50% approved, sort of, and there's still change possible. Um, it doesn't have to be like tomorrow or, or next week, but I'd like to see some sort of communication go out about the uh, posting of our timesheets, just out of transparency, that uh, the public will know that it's coming. Okay, um, anything further? Anything further you want to say, Ms. Bouchard? <laughs> In case you guys don't know, this is my last week. I'll be going back to Halifax. Sorry, last of the year. Boyfriend <laughs> so, did it. I know, yes. It was, it was a tough choice to make. I'm definitely going to miss this council and administration. You guys made it a really hard choice to make. So, tell him that. <laughs> yeah, so who knows? Maybe I'll be back. You know, I drank the water and all, so who knows? But thank you for making my time here very enjoyable. I really, I really appreciate it. Best of luck. Thank you. So uh, thank you as well for all your work, and I know we've gone through some learning curves together, and uh, future ones uh, I'm sure we'll still be carrying on maybe separately but whatever um, so but thank you very much for your uh, time here and uh, staying longer than you uh, first promised uh, or first thought that you could stay put it that way and um, best of luck in the future to you as well thank you. tell your other half we do have openings at the fire department oh oh don't tempt him <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, thank you again, and we're now going to take a 10-minute, uh, yeah, seven, seven, we'll be back here at 7.15 according to our computers. Break, and then we'll go into closed.